On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, we talk about Pascal Siakam's looming extension and why the new CBA kind of stinks for fans, for teams, for everybody involved. Plus, I pitch our guest today on a very crazy trade that will surely get some people mad at me, and we'll dig into the latest out of Canada basketball as Jordi Fernandez is taking over for Nick Nurse as the national men's team head coach. We will get into all that on today's show with Katie Heindel. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, June the 28th. Shout out to our teachers out there who are in their last day with the children. Congrats to all of you. Eid Mubarak as well to everyone who's celebrating. I am your host, Sean Woodley. It is uh, yeah Wednesday. It's busy. The free agency is coming in two days. I'm feeling frantic. I'm also really hot in my room because there's no air flow in this office and it's disgusting outside. Wah! Hi! <laughs> You can find the show and uh, support it on uh, Twitter at uh, Lockdown Raptors. You can follow me at Woodley Sean. You can go to Instagram and follow the show there as well. You can go to YouTube and support the show by subscribing to the channel. Just hit the big red subscribe button. We professed 3,400 subscribers yesterday. That's lovely to see. Keep the momentum going. Uh, you can subscribe on all the audio podcast apps as well. And of course, the Lockdown Raptors Discord, baby. Jump on. The link is in the description. Super fun. We're uh, kind of in spiral corner, I think, as we contemplate all the ways this could go wrong for the Raptors this off season so if you feel like spiraling among friends this place for you baby come on hang out it's great uh all right let's get to it today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel and uh, they're the official sports book of lockdown of course make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started as I welcome in my guest who is surely uh just overwhelmed by how much I am this morning it is Katie Heindel Katie I'm sorry <laughs> you're doing you're doing the best that you can with what you've got. Which it's is so hot, Katie. Can all for. <laughs> we can't go outside because the air is uh, a billowing cloud. Mm -hmm. The uh, the humidity is coming for us. It rained all day yesterday. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm going to get cordyceps. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, not not the best time for a yeah, hot it's kind man of a like dank. me. It's like a dank time. It's a dank a very time. Very dank here. time. Mm -hmm. You could argue it's a dank time for your Toronto Raptors as well. True. If you're on one side of the aisle. Uh, look at that pivot. Let's get into it, Katie. Uh, today, we're going to dig into uh, a crazy trade proposal that I've been kicking around in the Lockdown Raptors Discord the last couple days, because that's just what I do. That's why you join the Discord, baby, because I'm like the trade, the fake trade wizard. Um, we're going to talk about Canada basketball. But off the top, I want to talk about something that's kind of bothering me, Katie. And it's the Pascal Siakam looming extension and the queasiness that it is making me feel as a fan of Pascal Siakam and of the Toronto Raptors and at large, the NBA. Uh, Katie, it seems mm -hmm. as though today, finally, two days before free agency, the NBA will be putting out the CBA officially for teams to peruse. I am sorry, Bobby Webster, on your lack of sleep for the next two days as you try to read all the loopholes. Doesn't sound very fun. Um, but obviously the big reported element that we know is going to be part of this CBA is the second apron and the punitive 
penalties that are coming is that even a punitive penalties come on man you're better than that uh <laughs> the the penalties that will come in for being a big spending team and i i think the sort of boogeyman that the second apron kind of represents the actual luxury tax line seems like it's going to be much less punitive than before so that's to be considered but still being in the luxury tax bad uh, not being in the luxury tax good when it comes to having flexibility to build your basketball team that's basically what it boils down to and yet you're you're sitting around and, and you know a lot of these rules that the, that the league has put in place the supermax you know you know adding a fifth year on extensions for players who are on your own team bird rights all this they're all meant with the idea in mind of, hey, you drafted and developed this player, you should be able to keep that player on your team, and you have these advantages built in. But it seems as though that those advantages are actually disadvantages when you start to put a roof on what teams are able to spend and have these very punitive levels of spending that are going to deter teams from doing said spending. I'm going long here, Katie. Essentially, the Raptors have a chance to extend Pascal Siakam this offseason for a lot of money. It'll be even more if he makes All-NBA next season. And that should be exciting for people. Pascal Siakam wants to be in Toronto by all accounts. An All-NBA player, two-time All-NBA player, of which there are 187 in the history of basketball, wants to be on the Toronto Raptors for the long haul. And yet it feels like it might paint the Raptors into a corner financially from which wriggling will be very difficult. And I think that stinks, Katie. I hate the new CBA. It makes it so you have to root for numbers and not players. And it just really, really kind of bums me out, Katie. Do you have any thoughts on this? Am I like just too much this morning? And am I a little too uh, angry about this? But where are you at? Please help me out. I need to calm down. I mean, I need to see the whole thing because we've only heard, and this is what's been the heaviest reported, right? For couple months now. Yeah. Um, but I really don't think that the athletes that represent, you know, their colleagues in the players union would have negotiated something that would shoot everybody on the foot. Like obviously mm. there's tiers, you know, to how much athletes earn in the NBA in terms of like superstars kind of on down. Mm-hmm. My sense is something like this is going to shake out more within a few years. And that goes for teams too. Like Maybe it's to curb superstar, supermax contracts mm-hmm. that are actually more weighty for players. That you know, I look at somebody like Russell Westbrook. I mean, I always look at somebody like Russell Westbrook, but especially for that, right? With just like an albatross of a contract. So in a way, I guess, and like this is me trying to find the silver lining for you know athlete autonomy. <laughs> but in a way, <laughs> I can see the benefits in that case, right? That's not what we're talking about with the Raptors. Um, I don't necessarily feel for teams because another thing that I think is going to happen with the CBA, um, and you and I chatted about a bit, is it's going to make it more difficult for cheap owners, GMs, and front offices to continue operating cheaply and like on a shoestring and like penny pinching. And I don't mean like being smart with money. I mean just being outright cheap and not paying people. Yeah. Again, I think that's something that will probably take a few seasons to shake out. I don't hate that because I definitely like they have, you know, we both side on the we're on the side of not the people who are like my favorite basketball team is going to go broke because like they're never (laughs) that's never going to happen. You don't have to be worried about a basketball team running out of money. Your owner will be just fine. The sovereign wealth that comes in will, uh, you know, (laughs) help it out quite a bit. Exactly. And to be fair, most billionaires are cheap. So I think, again, (laughs) I I find that part of the CBA, I don't mind it. 
I don't mm. mind it. You got to you got to spend money if you want to put together something. I think it also adds like a caveat of different level of strategy mm -hmm. that I think the Raptors are in a pretty good position for because, you know, Masai and Bobby are pretty good strategizers when it yeah. comes to the money, when it comes to balancing contracts, when it comes to future casting and all those kinds of things. So, you know, I think at least the Raptors are in a good place. It just sucks that the bottleneck and the CBA is being introduced when you've got um, big contracts on the table, right? Like the timing is not great for them. It'd be great if yeah. they only had to resign one player, but you know, they're looking at potentially resigning. Including all of their for... players minus Scotty in the next two years. Yeah. <laughs> but just this summer alone, I mean, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to get, you know, they, I think they'll have to pony up. They, they're pretty good, you know, notoriously for staying under the cap. Maybe this year they decide to go over a little bit because they need to keep, Pascal they've said they want to keep Pascal mm -hmm. they might not end up doing that right and I think yeah. that's what you're here to try and convince me of but um, <laughs> I think uh, I need to see the whole thing I need to see the whole thing because I like, honestly like I don't think I really don't think CJ McCollum is like that much of a bad faith negotiator <laughs> I really don't I just like I can't believe that yeah, the thing is, there are a few things that kind of bother me about it. One mm -hmm. is it feels like the $20 million player is going to no longer exist, and it's going to be either you're a max guy, you're a mid-level guy, or you're a minimum guy, um, which I don't love. Like, that that caps what, like, a mid-tier mm -hmm. player can make in their career. Um, it's it sort of, you know, a guy like Jakob Pertl might be in line to earn $20 million now, but down the line, is that even going to be a thing that teams can do as they have superstars they're paying for, or even sub-superstars in the case of, you know, some would argue Pascal Siakam, like you're paying him 45 million a year, 50 million a year. Like that shouldn't like as like a percentage of the cap, it's no different than what it used to be. But the second apron comes in, that's a problem you have to consider. And just like team building is going to be really challenging. And it puts the, the reason I don't like it. It's not because like, I don't want to see players get paid. Like I want to see players get paid the max. But the problem is, is that it puts fans in a position of having to root against their players getting all of the money they can get if they want their team to be as competitively built as possible. And I think that sucks. Like, I think if you're a league and that is a rule and a sort of mechanic you've put into your salary structure, that's a problem. Like, you have made it so there's like an adversarial feeling almost between players. You're going to see it when Fred Van Vliet signs for $32 million a year. It's not that bad as far as like a, a portion of the cap compared to what he was making on his last contract. But... The numbers are big. They are there's like a sticker shock to it, but the more so is just like the long term flexibility of the team becomes pretty curious. And it's not that they can't wriggle out of it. Like I tend to think you pay these people to be in your front office to figure out these problems, and they're pretty darn good at it. Mm -hmm. So I tend to not worry about the money of it all. But it's going to be hard when there's just this sort of this limit put in that is going to scare teams away from from spending big on their teams and that puts you in a position of having to worry about, oh no, is my team going to pay a player who's not like a top five player in the league like a top five player because that's just where the salary structure's at and is that bad for my team? I just think it's a really kind of upsetting situation that the league is kind of thrust upon their fans and it's going to lead to like more toxic conversations about players. We'll try to avoid that on this show as best we can because that's usually what we do, but it's inevitably going to inevitably going to seep into the discourse, I think. And I'm just 
it bums me out, Katie. Do you have any last thoughts on, uh, again, we don't know the full breadth of the CBA. There will be other unintended consequences that surely come out of all the fine print. But um, big picture, it, it feels like a bad direction for the league to be going if you're the type of person who just wants to see players get paid and watch fun hoop and not think about all the, you know, the financial implications that come with it. I mean, you can literally still do that. There's it's always going to be, there's always <laughs> gonna be going to be salary to do sickos. that. Yes. Like that yeah. has existed, you know, that's not going away. And I don't think this is going to make it better or worse for those people who concentrate on that to begin with. I guess they'll mm-hmm. just like, I think those people might actually like it um, more, mm-hmm. but you can still choose the way that you want to watch it. Yeah. I don't think you need to, I'd be, I'm always kind of hesitant to say this is going to put the league in a wrong direction when mm-hmm. there's like, Worse things, I think, that have put the league in a wrong direction. Yeah, look, they don't do themselves any favors in a lot of areas. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm that maybe that's why I'm really less sympathetic to the mm-hmm. to the money piece doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for the most part, like this will make agents have to become more savvy with uh, probably shorter contracts, mm-hmm. right? And trying to bump them up incrementally when they can. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I think the way that the league is moving. Um, as much as like, do I prefer it? Not really, but there's a lot more movement now. Mm. Like, you know, it's pretty rare for somebody to be with a team for longer than three years, like four. Honestly, at this point, it feels like a luxury. <laughs> We're usually seeing two seasons, especially for, you know, your role players, sure. these kind of mid-tier guys that you're talking about. Um, it Usually they, they're moving around anyway. So mm. if they can move around and get like incremental salary bumps as they do it, that's good. Um, we saw the importance of role players in the playoffs and in the finals mm-hmm. this season. So I think that's been really underscored um, to their benefit, right? Is like you do want to pay those guys because you want them around because they're going to help you win a title. So there are silver linings. Um, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. You still choose the way that you watch basketball and 100%. to interpret it you know, and, and choose to think about the people who play basketball um, and not get mad at them mm-hmm. about the salaries <laughs> that they're paid because it literally has nothing to do with you. So, um, yeah. yeah, just uh, you can pick. You're <laughs> you right. Pick. You're 100% <laughs> right. I'm getting uh, concerned about the broader discourse at large, but if we, uh, you know, as a basketball watching community, decide to stop being so weird about what guys make and just watch the hoop, then it doesn't have to be that big a deal. Um, it's just, I don't like that it should be a celebratory thing that Pascal Siakam wants mm-hmm. to be around. And if he mm-hmm. makes All-NBA and you have a three-time All-NBA player on your team making a Supermax, like that should inherently be a thing that you celebrate and run nude through the streets waving flags in your, in your joy. But it, it feels like that's not going to be the sort of instinct response because of the other implications of it. We'll see plenty of ramifications to be learned about this CBA as it gets dropped and as we read through it and as it um, sort of becomes the new way for the NBA to operate. I'm just a little concerned, Katie. That's all. I'm thinking about the fans, baby. Uh, We're going to come back on the other side. Speaking of players who are with teams for a long time, Damian Lillard. Could he change teams? And if he does, could the Raptors be the team? We're going to get into my pitch to Katie on a crazy trade idea in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at BetterHelp. The show is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up 
and what everybody else needs from you, and you never take the time to take care of yourself and figure out what you need from yourself to be happy. That's what a therapist can be there for, to give you someone to be a sounding board for big decisions in life, to help you kind of navigate tough feelings that someone who doesn't have an agenda or baggage, they just are there to listen to you and offer you their unfiltered thoughts on what you should be doing, how you can sort of handle different situations that you might be uncomfortable with that you haven't confronted before. Therapy can be really helpful. I know lots of people who have really benefited from it. It's not even that you're recovering from trauma necessarily. It's just life is hard and someone to talk about it with is never a bad thing. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. That's a big one. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, we continue on. Katie Heindel of Basketball Feelings and Dime and Books. Books, Katie. <laughs> we'll pitch the book more at the end, but this is very exciting news since last you joined the show. Uh, you're writing a book, and I am just like deliriously happy about it. We'll, we'll pitch it at the end or, or plug it, promote it, all that stuff. Um, but let's uh, let, let, let's pivot into the, the piece de resistance today, Katie. I have a fake trade I've cooked up. I've been doing this a lot lately Please. because my brain is diseased. <laughs> And I love the trade machine, even though I used to be like a trade machine skeptic, I'm fully in now. It's awesome. It's great. What a lovely way to kill the time in the summer when you can't go outside because the earth is a hellscape. Uh, Katie, Damian Lillard, heard of him? Uh, He's, uh, you know, we don't know what's going on with Portland. All sorts of varying messaging and, you know, the sort of noncommittal responses to questions about his future, et cetera, et cetera. But in the event that Damian Lillard does, in fact, say, you know what, Portland? It's been a slice, but it's time. I think the Toronto Raptors should be calling them up and trying to make something happen. This is a, you know, one of these sort of opportunistic moments for the Toronto Raptors, potentially. This is a thing Masai Ujiri likes to jump on. And if you look around the landscape of the league, you look at the money Damian Lillard makes. Oh, no, we're talking money again. Uh, and you look at the potential trade partners for him. I think the Raptors can come up with a pretty compelling offer that might be the best thing they can get in Portland to set themselves up for a long and fruitful future. Katie, can I pitch you this fake trade? Try your best. All right. I'm bringing it up on the screen right now. If you can't read it because it's small, the Toronto Raptors received Damian Lillard. Ever heard of him? Again, uh, the Blazers received Gary Trent Jr., an old friend, Chris Boucher, Scotty Barnes, and Thad Young for salary matching reasons. Uh, but Scotty Barnes is, of course, the big ticket guy going back the other way. You create the Scotty Scoot tandem that Raptors fans were thirsting over before the NBA draft. Uh, you get Damian Lillard on a Raptors team where he, in theory, gets to play alongside Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Jakob Pertl. That's probably the best set of players he's ever played with in his career. As much love as I have for the West Matthews, Nick Batum, LaMarcus Aldridge, Robin Lopez teams, I think you could really say that this Raptors group would be the best supporting cast Damian Lillard's ever had. Obviously, you got to give up Scotty Barnes to do it, but Katie, I kind of think this isn't crazy, and I kind of think the Raptors should maybe give Portland a call. It's pretty nuts, my friend. Um... <laughs> And weirdly, the person I feel the worst for is sending Gary back to to Portland. In the yeah, mix, you know that's that's fair. You know he gets out of that situation. It didn't seem like it was a bad situation, mm-hmm. but he'd just be going back to a different team with too many guards taking his minutes. I guess I don't think they're ready to cut uh, from Scotty this soon, even for Dame. I know mm-hmm. we went through the whole KD 
uh, for Scotty mm-hmm. Brigham Laurel last summer. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that ticket a little high for them because my only thing would be, and maybe this is just like a baked in insecurity of uh, the Toronto market uh, <laughs> is what entices Dame to stay. Well, he's on a deal for five more years at a pretty unmovable contract and the team would be very good. They would be good, but I don't know. I guess maybe you're living in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> you're coming, coming here. Yeah, you get the smoke from fires. Sure. It's all the same. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. Look, it's not gonna happen. We it know works. This. Sure, you yeah. you 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 did break the the trade machine. I um, did get the big success check mark. It's a yeah, very satisfying thing to get that. Happens, that. Katie. I mean, I'm kind of a, a surprised you didn't make it a little bit wilder. The only time I fire mm. up the trade machine is just to do something out of control. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, I like to think I have a brand to uphold, Katie, and I like to think I'm actually pretty good at coming up with fake trades that make people go, huh. Because, you know, the, 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 the ideal fake trade is one where both sides are kind of mad about it. And I think that would be the case with this one. Blazers fans would be like, where are all the draft picks? This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Raptors fans are like, Dame's too old. What are we doing? And usually, if both sides are upset, something good is going on in that trade machine construction. Um, look, the reasons to not move on from Scotty Barnes are obvious. He's very good. He's 21 years old. There's a whole lot of potential there. But there's also the potential that he never even becomes as good as, say, Pascal Siakam is right now. That's on the table as just an outcome because that's how the NBA goes. It's hard to become a top 20 player in the league, which is what Pascal Siakam is. And so the argument is, all right, you've got Pascal on your team now. This is a way to maximize Pascal's window. A Pascal, Dame, OG, Fred, Yaka, Pirtle starting five is like, Maybe the best lineup in basketball. It's really bloody good. Dame is like a walking top 10 offense. You wouldn't have fewer than, you know, you'd have all 48 minutes of Fred or Dame running your offense and being out there in all likelihood. Uh, You know, the team is very thin. We talk about the second apron. They would certainly be a second apron team very soon, but it's probably worth it for a a roster where you have Dame and Pascal and OG and Fred and Yak um, with Grady Dick and Precious Achua and Christian Coloco, kind of, you know, that second wave of shadow core guys. Um, You're not... This is just primo. It's primo off-season stuff for me. Oh, Katie, it's June the 28th. (laughs) Of course this is the content we're putting out. Uh, There's just like, there's nothing else right now. Um... But yeah, I, uh, I I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying, pick up the phone. Just say, "Hey, Portland, what, 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 what do you think about this?" Mike Schmitz loves the draft. Maybe he was high on Scotty Barnes back in the day. I don't know. There's a uh, there's something to like a Scotty Scoot Shade and Sharp core of guys to go forward with too. That would be very fun mm-hmm. um, if we're talking about it from the Portland end of things as well. And I, and I frankly think like the reason I'm interested in this is that. I don't think any other team out there really has like a very compelling package package for Portland. It's why I've almost thought Dame is going to stay in Portland and mm-hmm. kind of leaning that way. Cause like Miami Tyler hero and some picks doing it for you. Probably not really like really uh, the nets. Like I'm sure the, the, the Blazers would say, Hey, give us Macal bridges. But the idea for the nets would be to pair Macal bridges with Damian Lillard. So there's no real sort of traction there. I don't know. They have all the picks. The Raptors don't have all the picks. It's it's not going to happen, obviously. But I just wanted to pitch this zany idea for you, Katie, just in case. My maybe thoughts are just nuts. get get zanier next time. Fine, I will. Guess what? The next time you're on the show, we'll be in July. That's when things get real dumb. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> 
Let's come back on the other side, take a quick break, and we'll dig into Jordi Fernandez taking over as the new head coach of the Canadian men's national basketball team as Nick Nurse stepping down. Seems like because Daryl Morey asked him to. We'll get into that coming up in just a second here. Before we do that, however, I pressed the wrong button. There we go. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. And look, lots of baseball stuff out there. The Toronto Blue Jays are doing their thing where they're uh, you know still winning and above 500, but kind of disappointing. They're a bizarre baseball team. But if you want to go maybe hit the over on runs allowed by Alec Manoa in spring training or in the Florida Complex League, that seems like a good bet after he gave up 11 of them yesterday. Uh, there's all sorts of, uh, obviously, MLB bets you can go into as well. The Blue Jays, maybe they'll go on a title run. You want to put some money down on them winning the World Series? You can do that. Go check them out. Don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, rounding things out here with Katie Heindel, who surely is just waiting, counting down the minutes <laughs> until this whole energy is no longer yelling like animal from the Muppets into her ears. But I'm very thankful you're here either way, Katie. Um, let's talk Canada basketball, shall we? The news came down yesterday. Kind of a surprise report, I, I suppose, I that Jordi surprised. Fernandez... You weren't surprised. All right. Intrigued. I'm not very plugged in on Canada basketball these days, so uh, maybe the surprise is only for me. But uh, Nick Nurse, of course, was the head coach of the Canadian men's national team. And it seemed as though, despite leaving the Raptors, that he was going to stick it out with the Canadian team, despite the awkwardness of them, like, practicing at OVO Center and, like, the sort of weird... It Frankly, the decision for Nurse to stick with... Team Canada felt similar to when Brian Colangelo got bumped upstairs when Masai took over and was like, yeah, you're a consultant now. And then he was gone in like two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, very similar vibes to me. But Jordi Fernandez, of course, was uh, deep in consideration to be the head coach of the Raptors during their search by all reports. He ends up with the job. It sounds like Nick Nurse helped with sort of the, the transition process. And per Doug Smith, it seems like it was a Sixers thing to say, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing this national team thing while you're coaching our team. Um, you know, we don't know the exact particulars of how it all went down, but we know that Nick Nurse is no longer coaching Team Canada. The World Cup is coming up this summer. It's a big Big, big time as uh, they're trying to qualify for the 2024 Olympics after many, many missed opportunities to qualify for Olympics. Uh, Katie, what was your reaction to this news that Jordi Fernandez taken over as the head coach of the national team? I think it's great news. Uh, I wasn't surprised mostly because my sense was always that uh, Nick Nurse was going to distance himself sure. uh, and kind of like cut ties completely. It didn't. The hire to begin with never made sense to me. It seemed more of like, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like a glamour hire. Sure. Um, You're in the room. You're famous. You have a guitar. Yeah, Here because you go. just like the timing, right? It was mm. like he was the hottest coach at, at mm -hmm. the time um, to bring him on. Uh, not to say like, you know, he didn't do an okay job in the role. I think like he actually could have done better, but there are other circumstances that we cannot be aware of because we weren't there. But, mm -hmm. you know, the rosters that he had were pretty decent. Yeah, I think and credit to him, like he got the committal, like the commitments the commits, of all of these yeah. guys, right? Like that's he big. got the commits. I think the critique you could make is like, oh, they didn't really have that much time to practice mm. together, just given playoff schedules and things like that. Sure. Um, but it didn't ever make sense to me that he would stay with Canada basketball when he left Toronto. 
Mm. Um, it it makes even more sense to me that the that Maury and the Sixers might be a little territorial of their mm -hmm. new guy um, in terms of like, well, your focus has to be here on us, on our team. Um, maybe if he was like, no, this doesn't make sense. It's like maybe if he was in that job for a couple seasons, but then they're not, why would they just scratch that thought? Uh, <laughs> that's a deep <laughs> summer thought too. Uh, <laughs> deep summer thoughts, a series coming to you this August on mm -hmm. Locked On Raptors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think there was probably some disenchantment. I, I don't know, maybe on, on both sides of mm -hmm. things. But I think uh, Jordy will be a really good coach. I think, you know, he's got a real fresh perspective on it. I, my sense with that Canada basketball team, I'm also not super plugged into Canada basketball. Some of the other folks that were giving the news and sort of breakdowns on this yesterday, um, mm -hmm. but is that they could use a fresh perspective and some new energy, much like the Toronto Raptors. And I'm not trying to conflate the two because I think that's also what we do that we shouldn't. Like, they're yeah. completely different beasts. Uh, but I do think that sense of fresh perspective and, you know, hopefully getting also some some new players on that team, bringing back, like, the big names, but getting some new guys and really mm -hmm. actually be a, a competitive group is probably a good thing. And it also gives, like, um, Jordy some chance, right? Some uh, yeah. opportunities as a head coach. So... I like it. I don't think it's like super dramatic, but um, I was a little I was a little surprised at the surprise. But that also seems to be my vibe with this whole summer with things that have happened. So <laughs> I don't know if I've gifted the the gift of foresight or something, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess because it's such a pivotal summer with the mm -hmm. World Cup, I just assumed okay, maybe it's awkward for now, but like it's probably a little damaging to change the coaching staff a month and a half before the tournament starts. Um, I guess they felt differently and that they can make this work. And look, Fernandez does have pretty substantial international experience working with Mike Brown for Team Nigeria, mm -hmm. uh, a team that was uh, kind of the darlings of what was it, the last Olympics. I don't know. I've been completely disaffected by Canada basketball ever since they lost to the Czechs and, uh, and didn't qualify for yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, that's yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> really, we're doing this again. Like, I guess I do have fed? a critique, like... <laughs> and it's that a lot of these decisions for Canada basketball always seem to come as afterthoughts. And yeah. I think, well, this one will pan out well just because of who they've got. It also, you know, the timing of it does seem like a little bit of an afterthought. And I don't know, we could critique like we should maybe critique more the uh, Canadian like. Canada soccer, Canada basketball, like there are Canada these, soccer. Ooh, I know, but these man. become like almost like legacy, like weird legacy projects for certain mm -hmm. people and boards involved, rather than let's actually try and make a, a system that works for its athletes, you know, yeah. Yeah. and is something prideful in the end. Um, they don't really seem to be that yet, so no. maybe this will change that for Canada basketball. Here's hoping. Um, I, I think Canada basketball has its stuff in order a mm -hmm. little better than Canada soccer does. Yeah, right now, again, but... that's. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean no. we're like so deep in the <laughs> Canada soccer's messed up. <laughs> it's it's actually like there's going to be a documentary. I think. About yeah, there's how well, much there of a should be. It is. There absolutely should be. Yeah, um, but yeah, like Canada basketball, I, I think they do have a lot of work to do to like 
actually make good on this era of players. And it's not just like, I, I think there's maybe this thought that, oh, like they missed their shot in the last couple. Like, no, they're going to be fine. They have Shea and Jamal Murray and all these up-and-coming young guys. Like, they're going to be, if they do it right, like a force on the international stage for a long time. They have the talent to do it. Um, they got the commitments, which is still great. I'm assuming those will carry through despite a new coach coming in for Nick Nurse. Um, and so I think there's reason for optimism. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess, the last goodbye to Nick Nurse and any sort of shred of t- ties to the Raptors, I guess, is sort of the Raptors-y tie into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, bye-bye, oh, Canada buddy. hockey's bad, too. Canada hockey is maybe the worst of them all. So let's, uh, yeah, let's just, like, you boy. know, it doesn't, it, that's all to say, like, it, it, it shouldn't take too much to be a good organization no, out of no. the ones that we've got. The fact that, that Canada basketball, of the three we've talked about, is clearly the most uh, together <laughs> and organized is perhaps troubling um <laughs> boy oh boy um last one this was kind of kicking around in the rap, rap locked on raps discord yesterday too do you think nick nurse gets booed when he comes back yeah yeah i think like is it like I a think playful be a booing i don't like, think it'll be like a vince carter like no, style like yeah. full arena boo but i think there'll definitely be a smattering i do he did win a champion yeah but i think like you know toronto fans are petty to a degree and i the bloodlust is real yes. it also just might be like pent-up frustration of the last mm-hmm. like messed up few seasons <laughs> you know like and yeah this is this is the target like this is the guy you're gonna take it out on but i think there'll be a smattering i think he'll get some he'll get polite cheers for the most part but you'll hear yeah. some booze i feel like first time there will be like a, it'll be the most booze will be the very first time that yes. i think that will sort of dissipate as time goes on and time heals all wounds etc um if he says be... some more weird stuff about you know if he comes yeah. out with some more like metaphysical style quotes like existential rather um yeah then maybe yeah maybe people just bring like signs with quotes from that weird presser in philly um i, I some don't sort think of like fit it on a sign no. I don't vibrate so, on the frequencies of the past. <laughs> Some sort of like coordinated mocking guitar riff of some kind. Like everyone brings like a fake guitar. I don't know. Too much work. Uh, yeah. The, the guitar was, was, was a look. I'm glad <laughs> I I, we have not seen Darko Ryakovich running around with a guitar yet. Um, mm-hmm. Gotta say. All right, let's leave it there, Katie. We've covered a lot today. Uh, I need to apparently go like, take a nap or something because I have too much energy. Uh, I might have heat stroke. I might have heat stroke. Can't go outside. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But either way, this was a blast. Thanks for hanging out as always. Do you have anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? Yeah, I'm writing a book. Yeah, you are. <laughs> ah! um, really stay very much TBD, uh, mostly due to the fact that I got to write it still. But um mm-hmm. I'm writing a book with the fantastic people at Transit Books. Um, yeah, if you subscribe to Basketball Feelings, read Basketball Feelings, you have a pretty good idea of what the structure and the book might be about. But I've got some pretty big ideas uh, for it. So it will be different. Very, very exciting. I uh, can't wait. I, uh, I've i already texted you my book blurb uh, yes. to put on the cover. <laughs> and uh, Thank you. It, it'll be a surprise. We'll, we'll, we'll reveal it when the book comes out because you'll definitely use it. Uh, and we oh, will leave it there. And I'll be on TVO, uh, the agenda tomorrow with Vivek Jacob actually talking about the Raptors. So, Locked on Raptors takeover yes. on TVO. This yes. is incredible. So uh, you can catch that tomorrow Please evening. wear your t-shirts. Um, 
I'll send you some merch to wear. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Everyone go watch TVO tomorrow and uh, yeah, support everything Katie does. It's the best. Go be a paid subscriber to Basketball Feelings. Can't recommend it enough. It's just the, the best thing that comes to my email. It's like Gap coupons and Basketball Feelings are the only things I get emails for. And <laughs> I like one of them much more than the other. Uh those 50% off jeans, Katie. Can't beat them. Uh, I joke. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry for this today. Uh, I'll be more normal tomorrow, I'm sure, as Jamar Hines comes along as we take a look ahead to free agency that is now just like 48 hours plus away. It's all very thrilling. We'll get it all that as the week goes along. If you haven't yet, go listen to the last couple days of the show as we dug into Grady Dick yesterday with Derek Johnson of Locked on Jayhawks. We had Vivek Jacob on on Monday to talk about off-season hopes and dreams and all of that. It's a big time. Go check out the show. Thanks to all those who support. Thanks for joining the Discord. If you haven't yet, do it. The link is in the description. Love to see you in there. We had someone from the UK join this morning. That's incredible. It's a global Discord. Isn't that fun? <laughs> uh, I'm going to shut up now. We'll talk to you Thursday. Bye-bye.